Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Make It Count podcast. It's great to be here. I am David. And I am Matthew. And uh, we're talking about um, something we think is really important, but potentially countercultural. So, ooh. <laughs> ooh, yes, not not a really ominous, but hopefully interesting. I was remembering a number of years ago, we have a direct train line from um, our parents' house into uh, London. And I was going for, I think I was meeting some friends. So I walked into the, the train star, uh, train station, got on the train and headed in. And I think I was reading on the way into, the, into London, then had to uh, get the underground to where I was meeting my friend. I think we went for some food. Um, hung around for a little bit in central London, which is quite a busy place. If you've ever been there, there's lots and lots of people around. And uh, after having a day, enjoyed it with my friend, uh, headed back underground again, train again, got off the train station. And I think it was probably like 9.30, 10 p.m. in the evening. It was, it was dark, but not cool. And... I was walking up this small incline and I just paused and I realised it was quiet. Mm. And it was this moment where it all this stress almost just ran out of me. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. That in that moment was something that I've since come to know almost like a requirement of sensory rest. So we're talking about rest today, mm. and there were lots of different forms of rest, and one of which that I came across was sensory rest. And mm. being in London, it had been overwhelming. It was noisy. If you've ever been on the underground, some of them are, are dangerous levels of decibel. I don't know what. This, Not necessarily dangerous. What damaging? Damaging levels of uh, decibels, and it's noisy, and there's people everywhere, and it's overwhelming and there's lights and there's things that are flashing and there's this sensory overload almost smells smells as well yeah <laughs> if you're really paying attention some good some not so good and so when i got back to um this much quieter village and i walked up and i just noticed it was like all my senses just decompressed into a calm so matt talking about rest what, what are you hearing from that story to get us going? Yeah, I think before you said the word to me, or the term to me earlier, sensory rest, I don't think I'd ever come across that before. So that was a new one for me. I think when I you know, was doing, thinking about rest, often I think about physical rest and um, yeah, maybe <sighs> mental rest. Those Those two would be the the biggest ones and then mm -hmm. from a um the sort of the different wells perspective you know you've got your physical mental emotional spiritual i'd maybe think in terms of the spiritual side you can rest in that space and and a fullness or an emptiness there can affect the others but i've never really thought about just the simple thing of sensory overload and how that yeah i suppose that's now become a word you know the, the term sensory rest which is interesting and i think we have spoken about this before in the noise episode, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, the amount of information people were taking in was far less than 
in you know in a year than if you were to just read a, a weekend newspaper and that's just the newspaper which is just words and still images now on a, a regular we're seeing how many thousands of moving images each day adverts and and audio inputs uh, even if you don't leave your house you know so yeah it makes sense that there has to be a, almost a new domain or a new way of thinking about sensory rest mm. to counter the sensory overload so there's a a book out called the history of the world in 12 clocks or something like that and i was listening to one of the authors talk about that like this history of timekeeping and he talked about this puritan in the 1700s who basically wrote an essay on the morality of time mm. and said if you are idle it is offensive to god and we're 300 years on from that in the Western world. And whilst many don't profess to believe in God or a God, we still have that ethic of like, don't waste time, don't be idle. It's the, you know, the much talked about Puritan work ethic. And I think we're at this moment in history where it is frowned upon to be thought of as resting and, and, and that you'd be labelled as idle. And so I think we have a poor or a low view of rest. And I think probably that's related to why we're constantly talking about burnout <laughs> and, mm. and tiredness <laughs> and fatigue and exhaustion. And that's just been made worse by probably the recent experience of a, a global pandemic that we've experienced, which has added a layer of stress and anxiety and maybe even... Um, I we're not like literally not moving. Um, uh, what, what happens? What's sedentary, sedentary, sedentariness, sedentariness, <laughs> sedentariness. Yes. Yeah, you can correct us on the grammar later. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think I wonder. I think there are still lots of people that we you get to the end of the day and you be like, oh man, just tired. And so we we like the idea of rest, but I think maybe we don't know how to. And mm. um, we don't even have the the foundations in place of a a good understanding of what does rest actually mean, and mm. so we end up filling our quote unquote rest times. You think, you know, with weekends and with national holidays, and then with paid time off and even sick pay, we probably do have available to us uh, more quote unquote vacation or mo more. Um, downtime than previous generations did but we fill that with stuff that doesn't actually restore us yeah. or you know from a recreation point of view it doesn't actually recreate us it actually just entertains us yeah. and continues to draw on those same um, it, it drains us more you know mm -hmm. so if you spend all of your day if you're an office worker and you spend a lot of your time looking at screens working on a computer and then your recreation time is watching things, films, videos, things like that. The activity is very, very similar to your body, your senses. Uh, the information you're taking in is different, but it's still, you're not actually getting out and doing something that recreates you. It refreshes you and restores you. So I think that's probably what's going on. Not necessarily, I'm sure there will be certainly in some professions still, and maybe some places, cities more so maybe, a 
a bit of a a looking down on or maybe a disdain for the person who isn't giving everything to the cause or you know effectively sacrificing their body for the, the sake of progress and maximizing every single drop of life um, i think most people have a recognition certainly since the pandemic more so of the importance of getting that downtime and rest and also that that can mean i need to change my environment but i still think we just are we're at a poor we have a poverty of understanding how that even works and mm. what that looks like yeah I, I see what you're saying that sometimes <clears throat> well, for a lot of people the things that we're we're not necessarily driven to sacrifice for our work or or the likewise but even in our our leisure time our breaks our holidays our our weekends off even in those we're not really doing the things that rest us or restore us yeah. so i kind of get that and so maybe there is an element of the the there's a, a, a poverty of understanding around how to rest but i would also push that there are plenty of people i know i've had conversations with somebody and they're saying i i can't sit still i have to be doing something and i put that down to my dad who was always critical of if we weren't doing something mm. and so i think there's an element of a cultural moment and an expression that actually many of us feel driven to be doing something a lot of the time sure uh, i think when i was doing preparation for this podcast episode i was very drawn to the idea of missing the mo maybe the a key and vital piece of rest maybe the most important one which is sleep i think you can't talk about rest mm. without talking about mm. sleep so interesting well, a, a thought that just come to mind is you're saying the cultural moment we're in. And of course, each of us, yeah, so that, that person you're talking to, that has a family of origin thing, their father has ingrained in them, whether they like it or not, they may even not like it, but they, they feel like they're struggling to change it now. You know, I cannot be still, I have to be doing something, that's because my dad. So our family, is, but of course that comes in a larger societal thing, and as you said, you know you can track that back either 300 years or even long further maybe but we we're in a globalized system networked system now complex where the economies of nations and global economy needs things to constantly be moving mm. everything needs to be moving and i think they are <laughs> from a purely economic point of view you either need to be producing something or consuming something in order to be adding value to the system and of course from a rest perspective actually maybe you need to be doing neither of those things mm. and if you think you just then just brought up sleep and it was like oh yeah when you're sleeping you're not producing anything and you can't consume anything you know more than maybe your body is consuming air and everything but you know you're not consuming anything you're not actually adding any economic value to anyone in that time and it's no wonder that as you said it was it was a little while ago now um, and maybe they've got other problems to deal with but a company like netflix was like our next frontier is sleep we need to try and infiltrate that space because we've pretty much sapped up every other aspect of people's free time mm. and you go yeah it's not surprising that companies are going after that because that is the only time where humans aren't really economically active they're not producing and not consuming yeah so so there's definitely drivers to take away from our sleep and everywhere you look 
people sleep is suffering. And there's lots of reasons for that, probably some of the ones Matt has just talked about. But actually, I think some of them are self-inflicted, that we don't really value sleep. We want to wake up earlier and go to sleep later. And actually, there's more I want to do or like Matt said, produce or consume, be a part of. I need more waking hours to do all the things I want and need to do. And so I think we end up stealing from our sleep regularly, the the night and the morning. And so that definitely impacts our general rested state. So Matt, what helps you sleep better? (laughs) You're laughing. Recently, my sleep has been pretty average to naff. Um, and for those who are not British, NAF is just not good. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not terrible, it's just not great. Um, but stuff that has helped and continues to do when I get it right is ex- you know, exercising fairly regularly. Um, well, I would say, in a word, actually, in a word, I would say regular. Make everything in your life as regular as possible, and then basically what happens is your body fits into a regular pattern mm. so if your eating is in a regular schedule if your exercise is in a regular schedule if you get up at the same time and go to bed at the same time and you know you're doing those things regularly lo and behold you get into a pattern and it's fairly easy at that point then to go well if i'm doing this over the long term and i'm feeling tired then maybe i need to slightly adjust that pattern and give myself a little bit more time in the morning or go to bed a little bit earlier in the evening or, or whatever but if you're constantly changing everything, I, I eat really late sometimes, I eat really early other times, I ex- exercise late sometimes, exercise early other times, and my get up and time is all over the place, then goodbye any hope of getting any sort of normal pattern. It's mm. just going to be all over the place. And you may be kind of getting enough, but it's going to be a bit chaotic. Mm. Um, and so for me, one of the things that, for example, this week didn't help me, um, I, I play for a football side uh six aside team on a mondays and sometimes the games are late and i basically said to the guys like if you need guys i'll play the late kickoff but if you've got enough i won't play the late kickoff this week they needed guys i had to play the late kickoff kicks off at 9 p.m you know you play for 40 minutes and then you kind of chat for a bit at the end and then you drive home and you get you know you get home after half 10 maybe or around then and you're you're just starting to wind down then and it's like well normally i'm almost at the end of my wind down routine and i'm in bed at that point you know so that definitely wrecked my sleep for the next day and i knew that was going to be the case and i wasn't even ready to like lie down and i was just reading for a while Mm. so i didn't even get to sleep probably until 1am which to some of you guys listening if you're students you might think wow it's great early night Mm. but for you know for me that is now a late night a very late night so regular make it regular that's the thing that's helped me the most and undoubtedly most of us the the numbers are in and well researched we're not sleeping well and one of the things i think works is is moving more and that being a good foundation yeah but also and i was again doing a bit of of research into maybe different types of rest and they talked about uh, five six seven different types of rest if physical rest mental rest emotional rest relational rest spiritual rest and sensory rest and one other person talked about creative rest Mm. which i sort of actually maybe grouped into mental rest in how they talked about it and i remember coming across this sort of a pithy little saying 
remember where it was, but it basically said, if you have a physical job, rest can often look like a mentally stimulating task. If you have a very mentally taxing job, rest can often look like a physical activity. Yeah. And, and that being quite a good thing. But I, I liked some of these other dimensions as well. And this idea of sensory rest, I think, is very significant. And there's another article I read by, she's a physician, uh, physician, uh, Ditton Smith. I forgot what her first name is. Or oh, I didn't write it down. And um, she talked about our national form of rest at the moment is to cancel plans and to turn on the TV. <laughs> And you think, wow. yeah, that's exactly what I know. A lot of people do. And many of our tendencies, oh, I don't want to, I'll just cancel the plan. I won't go out. I won't do this. And I'll turn the TV on. And then she goes, the problem is, is that this can result in more exhaustion. Yes. And uh, most of us actually need a break from screens. Yes. And that's the sensory overload bit. And realizing, actually, if you are mentally or sensory overload what you don't need is another experience of watching a film or a tv show that is going to mentally tire you out yes. and uh when i was oh, it was a number of years ago when i was doing a lot of sports coaching it was quite active i'd go to a session i, I mean not all sports coaches are active some are quite happy to sit on the side and be a little bit overweight and, and get on with it but i was quite an active sports coach and you know you're on your feet for hours a day wielding a tennis racket or you know serving up some practice drills and the like and in that time for for me rest was doing a lot of reading and it was a, it was a mental you know moment where actually rest was mentally engaging in, in reading fiction and non-fiction yeah and um, i think that's that's an important recognition as well now i'm talking for for quite a bit at the moment but right. last year i remember sitting in front of my computer and i was there and i needed to I'd probably write a blog and i just couldn't i was distracted i was not able to put two thoughts together and i realized in that moment I am mentally fatigued. Yeah. And I didn't need to read more and I didn't need to create more. What I needed actually was to start instituting these five or 10 minute breaks where I just look out into the garden and see the trees and the grass and literally do nothing. Mm. What people would understand is meditation. And that being a restorative time for me was, was really valuable. And it helped me in that moment just gather my thoughts together to to be okay, to let my brain mentally rest, actually. That was quite hard. I found that quite difficult. But actually, mm. it bore a lot of fruit and, and help. Yeah, I remember you starting that. And I was like, oh, that's a great thing. I definitely should do that. And it's one of those things that I did for a little bit and then never, never bedded in mm. fully. Um, something that has been a little bit more long lasting but not as equally not as consistent is kind of going for a, a walk once in the morning once in the afternoon just mm. to get out um, and it's something that clearly yeah, we're, we're entering into winter now it's not as necessarily fun to get outside but actually probably even more important because it's getting less sunlight even so so mm. that's some i think it fills that same space of i'm not doing anything with my mind just letting it be here in the moment and wander a little bit but i think it adds to me 
well, I've been sitting down for most of the morning so far, so I'm going to actually move my body a little bit. And that kind of win-win, two, two and one. Definitely. And I think knowing what you are, like what, what need of rest are you? Is it that you need a physical rest? Mm. Or is it that you need a mental rest? Yeah. Or an emotional rest? Or a spiritual rest? Or a, a relational rest? Or a sensory rest? Knowing what it is then allows you to go, oh, I need this. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired in this space. That means I need this. So sometimes rest is doing nothing. It's I need to switch off, stare out a window or watch a raindrop falling down the window or whatever it is. But sometimes rest is doing something fun with your friends. It's not always, but actually, you know, relational rest might look like uh, Gordon MacDonald, I think, is, is an author that talks about, you know, there are some people in your life, they're plus twos. They're going to add a lot of energy to your life. There are some people that are negative too, and they're going to take a lot of energy from your life. So you might need to intentionally be, I need to have a break from those people that are draining all my energy and go and get with some people that are going to bring the energy. Yeah. And that's the relational rest you need, is yeah. actually going and having some fun with your friends, not cancelling your plans and watching TV. Yeah. But if actually you're in a place where um, you, yeah, you're mentally rest, it, or you're mentally tired, it, that's going to look different. And we think, well, oh, actually, yeah, sensory overload, I'm mentally tired. I don't need to go out and be uh, in a lively space with lots of noise and people and friends. Sure. I need to withdraw. I need to go for a walk in nature to enjoy those spaces. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's interesting. Um, I was reading a book um, uh, yesterday and... Um, it's talking about one of the the trends that can lead us to uh, unwanted, unhelpful behaviours, and one of the the drivers is deprivation. Uh, and uh, they were saying it's actually something exactly the same. They put this scenario out where if you're feeling a bit rubbish about yourself, you feel like nobody really is maybe interested or cares about you. But you know, you have you have a plan, or a friend invites you to something, you end up actually cancelling that because you feel just a bit low, and then you end up spending the night you know, binge watching Netflix or, or whatever and you feel even worse about yourself because it almost confirms that belief and you've deprived yourself of something truly good and restful um, for the just almost the lowest quality form of um, rest or something that you feel like will satiate your desire. Mm. And um, I wonder if that's part of what we, yeah, we, we default to a form of rest or a form of leisure which actually is depriving us of mm -hmm. what we really need mm -hmm. uh, and it's interesting you wouldn't you know you look at the society we're in people probably from the outside looking in or maybe ourselves wouldn't necessarily go well yeah a subscription to that popular streaming thing isn't depriving myself it's you know giving myself entertainment and everything but actually maybe it's depriving ourselves of what we really need mm -hmm. um, for a not necessarily a count of it but a, a a substitute for the real thing mm. which is you know and the the whole thing with the pandemic zoom fatigue is a real thing you can be connecting with your friends on zoom or, or on a streaming um you know a calling software but there's something about it's on a screen they're not really there the eye contact thing doesn't really work it, it fatigues you way more than actually time with people mm. and um there's something at, about that so yeah i think there is this element of i, I like that almost symmetry and i'm sure everyone can think of it applicable to their own situation but yeah if you are 
constantly being drained in a mental way, that's your, that's your work, that's your draining, then physical and maybe time with people and relational. But if that's your place of work and you're being drained, you're, you know, maybe a frontline worker in a school or a hospital or whatever, and you're constantly around people and that's a draining space for you, or maybe your rest is withdrawing Mm. being with only a couple of people or even no one for a little while and spending some time watching a show that you really like or reading a book or listening something or whatever music Um, and so it's it's almost what is my normal pull where i'm getting drained okay maybe i need to retreat from that space and go to somewhere else Mm. and embody a different aspect of my human being which is complex and and multi-dimensional yeah and, and final thought as we wrap up, we didn't really talk about it. Stress is definitely something that will lead to tiredness. Mm. It's a, is it a systemic stress or a momentary stress is important. I think this is one of the reasons why I quite like maybe the fitness community do this quite well. There's quite a well understood idea of overtraining sure. and the importance of rest, of rest days, of rest weeks every now and again, of, of these patterns of building in rest to recover from yep. the stress of training and what's the consequence of not resting you get weaker you get slower (laughs) you get less fit you get more reiki you get worse rest you sleep poorer you know everything get injured everything goes down if you don't rest actually it's in the rest that you get stronger you recover you you go on the upward trend and so that's why rest is important because in the end if you don't you will just on a slow decline to potentially a cliff edge drop and you know, it's easy to just say, hey, we should rest more. And sometimes that's really difficult to do or to know how to do, especially as we talked about in a culture that maybe doesn't value it like it should or could. Yeah. But actually, the consequences of not resting can be depression and burnout. Yeah. And that doesn't seem worth it for changing a few patterns in our lives daily, weekly and, and monthly and termly that allow us to operate from a place of rest and strength. Brilliant. Yeah. David's wrapping up there. I think we should definitely do an episode on stress in the future. Definitely. I'm stressed about it already. <laughs> Guys, have a great week. Make it count. And we'd love to hear your feedback on how you're resting and maybe ways in which you could be resting better. See you next week. <laughs>